Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bijani and Creighton. Bajani and Creighton back with you. It's Area 45 on Sports Radio 610-713-572-4610. Get you in. You can call or text. Be a part of the show that way. Chris Santiago producing. He's the gatekeeper. He'll take care of you if you want to talk to us on the radio. Just chat. You can hit us up on Twitch and YouTube as well. Uh, you don't think Bregman's too short for first, says someone on the text line from the 281. Um, you know what? <laughs> He's not the tallest of first baseman, but again, I think the guys, uh, you know, athletically, that's why I say it's been something about I've been thinking about for a couple of years, man. What's Bregman like in spikes? Maybe, maybe like 5'10, 5'11, something like that. Greg's listed at six foot. He's listed at six foot, but Which he ain't means no six foot. In, well, he might be close to it. I mean, he's probably closer to six foot than Johnny Manziel was. Oh, no, man. I've been right in front of that cat in, uh, in shoes. I'm a favorable 5'8. Uh, I'd say Breggy's probably closer to about 5'10", depending on the uh, kind of kicks he's wearing. Yeah, you but put some, put some spikes on him, and he's 6 foot. Put some spikes stand on, on him. Stand on the right. bag, and he's 6'2". Is yeah. he taller than me? Uh, I got to I gotta stand next to you again. Like You're pretty tall. Like Legit, how tall are you? 6'1 uh, on a good day. No, he's not as tall as you. <laughs> you uh, could almost eat a bowl of soup off of Breggy's head. <laughs> there ain't no doubt about that one, man. Certainly, uh, certainly Altuve, but... You know, I mean, Breggy, not really a whole lot different in height than Todd Zeal. Todd Zeal played a lot of first Todd base. Todd Zeal. Pretty good player. boy. Hey, but you know, that's what I'm saying. Breggy's an athlete, too. He could pick it, and it'd be a, a more of, you know, to preserve that bat, which I think is going to end up being something that extends later into his career versus the athleticism at third base and maybe the arm and stuff like that. I'll but. tell you what, the best defensive first baseman I've ever seen in my life in 50 years is Keith Hernandez. Keith. And Keith Hernandez was barely six foot tall. Now I was going to say, he's probably about 5'10", 5'11"-ish. And he was the absolute best defensive first baseman I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Long uh, Lifelong Met guy, you were. Well, he actually was an MVP with the Cardinals. Damn, won a World really? Series with St. Louis. He was the MVP with St. Louis. That was towards the latter end of his career? Early part of his career. Early part of he his became career. A Met. Okay, okay. Yeah, and, wow. and I remember when he actually got traded to the Mets, he was he was not pleased. Yeah. Uh, but he's a guy who was an MVP. Well, he ended up doing okay up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he had a, I mean. Look, he was a part of some really good squads. He is a Mets Hall of Famer, but he didn't <laughs> get to the Mets until he was 29 years old. Yeah. Well, that's not bad. He either, won though. the MVP in 79. Yeah. Yeah. It could happen, man. I'm just saying, look out. Uh, I just in hope fact, it's not anytime soon for this Briggs. Was, these were MVP numbers in 1979. You ready? 344 average. Yes, sir. 417 on base. 930 OPS, 151 OPS plus. 116 runs scored, led the league. 
210 hits, 48 doubles led the league, 11 triples, 11 homers, 105 RBI. God, that's a sick season. He walked 80 times and only struck out 78 times. Mm-mm-mm. How many games? 161. Woo, baby. Played every day, led the league in average hits and doubles, and and was an MVP and a gold glover. Had to be best year of his career. Uh, it's it's up there. It's the most run, most RBI he ever had. Yeah, most RBI, most most runs scored. It's the most hits. It's the most doubles. Yeah, there you go. His career high in homers was only eighteen. Yeah, how he many? Wasn't a home I mean, run he played hitter. forever though. How many did he hit for his career? Like two forty. One sixty two. One sixty two. Wow. Okay. He. Uh, Keith Hernandez, baby. His last three years, he dealt with a lot of leg injuries. Yeah. You remember the uh, when he the one year he played in Cleveland, uh, the video of him he's rounding second base and he blows his hamstring and he drops like he's shot. That was pretty much <laughs> probably seen. His, yeah, I've probably seen that one a time or two. Pretty much the end of his career, but I mean Keith Hernandez won eleven Gold Gloves. Yeah, baby. And I'm not entirely sure how he only won eleven. <laughs> well, you just go back and look at the other guys. I'm sure. I don't think he'd be. A, be embarrassed for him that he'd lost out. Yeah, probably there were lost some good out dudes. a couple early in his career to Steve Garvey. Yep, yep, 100%. That was the case. Great Dodger. Uh, speaking of guys, uh, you know, in the latter part of their careers, here's a couple of dudes that I wanted to chop it up with you about that are early in their careers. Um, I asked you the question coming into this segment, should the Texans be looking at this particular star wide receiver uh, as a comp to... Uh, Nico Collins, when it comes to extension talk. Amon Ross St. Brown for the Detroit Lions. I saw this on Twitter earlier from JPA Football. Rumor, the Lions and star wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown are in discussions on a new contract that could pay him up to $25 million per year for at least three years. Uh, that, according to Cam Marino, who is a uh, NFL analyst, um, Extending Amon Ross St. Brown is a top priority for the Lions this offseason. Now, we haven't necessarily heard those same things in regards to Nico Collins and those two words together, top priority. Um, I think a lot of people are still kind of wanting to wait and see, but I think it's um, something to explore. They were a part of the same draft class. Uh, Nico was a third-round pick. Uh, while Amon Ross St. Brown was a fourth-round pick uh, when he was selected by the Detroit Lions uh, back in the 2021 draft. Now, here's the thing, though. Amon Ross St. Brown hit Detroit, I'm not going to say necessarily at the right time, but they were on a different timeline than that of the Houston Texans. While they were trying to come up, uh, that was Dan Campbell's, I believe, first year as their head coach. Um and you saw an almost an immediate turnaround, um, you know, from the year prior to the style of football that they played in 2021. They're on different timelines. Nico was still very much of the teardown before you really saw the build back up. But the jump that Nico made from year two to year three has got to have the Texans thinking about extending him. Is three years, 25 mil in and around that something you would consider for Nico Collins to be extending the Houston Texans? 25 mil per or 25 no, mil no, no. total? Three and 25 total? Three and 25 total. If I'm Nico Collins, I'm not even, like, I'm laughing you off the table. 
I'm sorry, 25 million per year. Uh, at 25 million per year, I think you're you're now you're too rich. Nico's had one big season. It's great season. Consider this: the projected number for a guy like Mike Evans has approached 30 million. Mike Evans has done it for a decade. Mm-hmm. Nico Collins has done it for a year. Mm-hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown has done it for three years. Man, you imagine, how would you like to have Equinemia St. Brown and be like looking at him and then looking at Amon Ross and be like, dude, the hell? <laughs> Why <laughs> do you suck? You know, like, what happened to you? Why didn't you? Where, where did you? Like, why, are you like the other Ante de Kumpo? <laughs> yeah, you're, polar you're not opposites, Giannis, man. You're, you're the other one or two. You're, you're like Thanasis or whatever the hell his name is. Polar That's opposites. Right. I get it. But, you know, I'm not saying necessarily as a comp, but, you but know, Amon Ross St. Brown, for example, is coming off a 1500 yard season with 119 receptions. He's gotten better and better each year that he's been in the league. But when I when I look at this guy, OK, he's a fourth round pick. Nico was a third. Nico played for some crap quarterbacks, some crap offenses. They were te- two teams that were tanking in his first two years in the league. Oh, with trash and, quarterbacks. And now you've got the quarterback. And you're in the offense that has found a way to best suit your skill set. And so I'm looking at it like if I'm the Texans, I'm in on the ground floor here. This is more about pairing Nico with CJ for the foreseeable future. And if you believe in this guy, that he is your number one wide receiving threat, okay, and you've got a guy like Tank Dell who's got three more years on a rookie contract, this is a pretty sweet situation, $25 million per at the end of the day, could end up looking like a really good deal three years down the road, but it doesn't have to be a direct comp if Amon Ross St. Brown is looking at three years, 25 per for what he's done his first three years, which has been pro bowl and all pro level. Nico Collins should probably be looking at somewhere that approaches 20. Yeah, I mean, listen, my first offer, I think it'd be three and 15 per, like three years for 45 million. And and I gauge it from there, you know, you go up to eighteen million, okay. But you've done it once. You don't necessarily have the leverage to say I want eighteen, twenty, twenty-five million dollars. I get that. Yeah, I mean, his leverage compared to Amon Rice St. Brown is almost non-existent. But he's also, got two years on him. If I'm Nico Collins, I look. I I understand football is a business, and I'm sure he does, and his agent does. That you're going to sign a deal that's probably only going to be guaranteed for two years. And then you're going to go back to the bargaining table and say, hey, I've done this now multiple years. Pay me, Rick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pay me, Rick. So, right on my shoes. Pay me, Rick. All right, Dante. <laughs> right, you go, pay me, Rick. Yeah. You know, now it's like, pay me, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> like, it pay works. Pay me, Nick. It works. So, like. God, I don't want to get to that point. <laughs> right? But, uh, you know, that only happens to Steven Nelson, apparently. Yeah. I, oh. I think if you're, if you're Nico Collins. How'd he you, parlay a raise out of that situation? My God. Because it was so late in the into the off season that you couldn't replace. Yeah, him. you were desperate. Which we can get to that a little bit later on. I mean, I, not that the Texans are desperate, but they are in need of a corner. Yeah, and they're not desperate now because now it's the off season and there's tons of corners available. Yeah, uh, who you know don't have the mouth and the attitude and the problems. So. Uh, but for for Nico Collins going into year four, where he's coming off easily the best season of his career, uh, he's coming off a year uh, where. I mean, he put up. Numbers. I mean, you combined years one and two, and he surpassed it by almost a hundred, maybe two hundred yards, and in level of production this by season, like three hundred yards. Yeah, there you go. Um, he's he also had more than double the touchdowns. I mean, he was he was a baller this year. 
But injury played into those uh, diminished numbers. So terrible quarterback, terrible quarterback, terrible coaching, mm-hmm. and a garbage line, and no talent around him. Sure, I all mean, of the above. You just check all the boxes. But now you've replaced those. You've got excellent coaching. You've got an excellent quarterback. Your line is well better than it was, mm-hmm. even though you you it was like held together with spit and duct tape. It was still better than what it was, and now you've got a system and a scheme. Uh, with the quarterback who could execute it, where, look, they need to keep, they would get away from this every now and then. They need to get Nico over the middle and get him the ball in full stride and let him yak it up. When they did that, they scored a lot of points. Mm -hmm. It, It was every time the Texans scored a lot of points, they probably had five chunk plays 20 plus. Nico was a lot of that. No, you're, you're a hundred percent right. That's, that's so, I, Here's what I started thinking to myself since you bring that up. I stopped keeping count like around week 13 going into that Jets game. I didn't count the Jets game, and that kind of screwed me up the final month or so of the season. But what you just said, every time they scored a touchdown, they had to have on that particular drive a handful of chunk plays. Well, you're almost right. I mean, that's a little bit of an embellishment. They had at least one. They had at least one chunk play in the air that went for at least 20 yards the first 30 touchdowns that they scored of the season 26 times. The other four times, they either got the ball on a short short field field on a turnover, they got the ball on a short field via a penalty or a return. And I would imagine when CJ came back after injury, that trend continued. And that has everything to do with the offense, how Nico was used in said offense, um, and CJ Stroud. In, in no particular order. I mean, that's huge. But I almost started thinking to myself, well, is that kind of a dumb stat? Because you remember during Gary Kubiak era here, maybe he's the one that said it. Uh, hey, you know, if we're able to run the ball 30 times, you know, that generally lends us to being in a position to win football games. Well, if you really think about it, if you're able to run the ball 30 times, yeah, that probably should be the case. Because you got to lead. you got to <laughs> lead. You're able to run the ball 30 times. You're not having to air it out. So I almost thought, like, okay, chunk play, especially this day and age, and with the style of offense that the NFL is seeing really throughout, is that kind of one of those duh stats? Like, yeah, of course you're getting a chunk play because that's that's what teams do now. They're able to, um, you know, take advantage of soft zone coverage defenses or man concepts with just better athletes. You saw Nico Collins flourish in both of those this year. You saw Tank Dell too. Yes. One of the if if you want to peel the onion back on this a little bit more, uh, you can look at the chunk plays in the air from the highest scoring teams in the NFL and the lowest scoring teams in the NFL. The lowest scoring teams didn't have any chunk plays. Today's NFL is not about fourteen plays, seventy-two yards, seven minutes and fourteen seconds. This is not the 1990 Giants trying to take 40 minutes off the clock against the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. Nobody in the league plays like that. Everybody is playing fast. Speed is everything. And because speed is everything, they're trying to push the ball. Every team is trying to push the ball down the field. Why does CJ seem to hold on to the ball for as long as he does? Because the Texans, a lot of times, are not running a lot of receivers. And they're trying to get guys open down the field. Right? The Texans are not often going five wide. They can't because they can't hold up in protection. So they usually are not going 
five guys out. You know, you've you've got a, a tight end in, or you've got a running back in. You know, or you're trying to go something that's a five step drop quick out. You know, when when they do because they they'll work they those short passes. But when you see CJ take Rolling a drop, out, yeah. He's trying to throw it down the field, and he's going through his progressions. He's looking off safeties so that he can come back to Nico on the other side of the field. If you go back and watch Texans tape, you're going to see a lot of CJ looking off defenders, faking defenders, and coming back to the other side of the field to find receivers wide open. Mm -hmm. He's Patrick Creighton, Sean Bajani. It's Area 45. You'd like to weigh in on that conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can call, you can text, hit us up on Twitter uh, and Twitch and YouTube as well. Coming up next, it's time for Hot Leads. We'll get to the day's top stories, uh, a couple of which involve the Major League Baseball Commissioner Robert Manfred. Says he's calling it quits, just not yet. We'll tell you when. And Tiger Woods, if you didn't know, he got back on a golf course today in a tournament that kind of means something. Uh, but the dude just can't get his body right. We'll explain that and more next at Sports Radio 610. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. These are the new leads. Now look, I need the lead. These are the Glen Gary leads. Two lead cards for tonight, two lead cards for tomorrow. Why give him the good leads? He's got the leads. He's got the leads. He's got the good leads. The whole thing is the leads. They stole the Glengarry leads. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. One. Bajani and Creighton, Area 45. It is time for Hot Leads. First up, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred at a press conference earlier today in Tampa says he will not seek another term at the conclusion of his current, which does not expire until the 2029 season or just ahead of it. Manfred explained his decision earlier. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, look, I'm 65, okay? I just started a five-year term. That Do that math, right? That makes me 70 years old. You can only have so much fun um, in one lifetime. Um, I have been open with them 
about the fact that this is going to be my last term. Um, you know, I said it before the, to them before the election in July, and I'm absolutely committed to that. Um, I, I'm sure the selection process is going to look like it looked the last time. There will be a committee of owners um, that will be put together, um, and, you know, they'll identify candidates via – you know, interview process and ultimately someone or a slate of people will be put forward. By the time Rob Manfred will call it quits, which will come late January of 2029, he'll be 70, will have been commissioned for 14 years. And along the way, PC, of all that fun that he's been having, a couple of notable things that I can at least remember that he's either done or overseen, created the domestic violence policy, changed the pace of play, pitch clock, Restraint on pitching changes, intentional walks, pitchless intentional walks, bigger bases, killed defensive shifts, oversaw and botched Major League Baseball's cheating and sign-stealing scandal. Uh, those are probably the biggest highlights or lowlights, however you want to see fit, of his uh, at least nine-year career to date. But uh, 2029, for I know many people, cannot come soon enough. F. Rob Manfred. <laughs> I never thought I would see the day baseball would have a worse commissioner than car salesman Bud. And literally the very next one is worse, which means he's going to the Hall of Fame, correct? Just like car salesman Bud. Rob Manfred. Probably. Don't tell him about, oh, well, you know, they've grown the game. The game grows itself. Literally, you could put any trained dog in the office to grow the game. And they probably do a better job promoting their stars than Rob Manfred has done. You know, Manfred has been an embarrassment time and time again. And just between the way he handled electronic sign stealing, where, you know, only one team actually did this, according to Rob Manfred. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one rogue employee in Boston where... Every player on the team benefited from it, but but only one rogue employee was involved. Right? Just believe one, that. yeah. Uh, and then basically created a lockout for no other reason than trying to get a cash grab. Mm-hmm. F. Rob Manfred. All right? F. Rob Manfred with the biggest jackhammer <laughs> you could ever see. Okay? I, I, I love it. I, I could not have more disdain for this. Oh, and let's not forget. Uh Uh-huh. Let's not forget the way Rob Manfred deliberately screwed every baseball fan in America with the way they handled and negotiated the COVID season. You know why they only played 60 games? Because the money that the owners make from the regular season, well, baseball, they have to share a, a, like 45% of it with the players. But the money the owners make in the postseason, they share like 10% mm-hmm. with the players. So we're going to give you the shortest season possible, and then we're going to have an expanded postseason. So we get all the money, and you got ungats. <laughs> and then yeah. he's, he's leading the charge. Well, you know, so many teams lost money. 
No, they they didn't lose money like they were in the red. <laughs> they lost money like, oh, we were projecting to make five hundred million dollars this year. Yeah, they year, didn't make as much as but they we only they made two hundred million dollars this year. Now tell me about the expenses you didn't pay. <laughs> because you only played a third of a season. You only paid your players for a third of the season. Lion asses. You got five more years of that big dog. My only thought was, is like, oh my god, what is he going to do to change the game inside the next five years? Oh, it's going to be crazy. A speeding bus could happen to go by where he's sitting down and having lunch. More baseball for you. Kind of some uh, sad news. Uh, Lynn oh, Dykstra no. uh, recovering from a stroke. That according to the New York Post and Lynn Dykstra. Um, Lenny Dykstra, former Met, former yep, Philly, yep, world champ. Yep. Nails. Yep. I, f- I figured uh, maybe you hadn't seen this. Former and I wanted criminal. to bring it up because I know you're a Met- you used to be a Met guy. Formal, former multi-time criminal. Uh, yeah, he's been in through it. Uh, according to the New York Post, uh, Dykstra had a stroke this week, is recovering in an L.A. hospital. The Post reported that Daryl Strawberry and Kevin Mitchell, a couple of teammates, good friends of Dykstra's on the Mets back in the day, said that he was in good spirits now and is set to undergo further uh, evaluation and testing. Dykstra's 61 years old, and like I said, he's been through it. Uh, he was on the 86 Mets championship team, runner-up for the National League MVP in 93. 12 major league seasons. Dude's got some numbers. Um, he was a terrific player. He was also jacked up on roids like crazy. He was he a roider, I know, but he was one of my favorite ball players. whenever I was a little kid, man. I'll never forget him. Uh, him, Daryl Strawberry, Doc Gooden. I like the bad boys. I don't know what it was. Lenny but. Dykstra played. I mean, the reason his nickname was Nails because he played so hard. But, man, if there was ever a shot of him in center field that didn't have his finger up his nose, I, I just I don't know which <laughs> Blowing one Blowing snot rockets with a big chaw in his mouth. Yeah, and He's a guy who had a lot of <laughs> alcohol problems, had a lot of drug problems. Uh, filed multiple bankruptcies, been in trouble with the law a lot. Yeah, it's not been uh, well, an easy road. Some for of it Lenny recently. Dykstra. Some of it recently here in the last few years. But, you know, not wishing, you know, that kind of ill health on him. No, no, no. Funny no. is Dykstra had the alcohol and drug issues. Strawberry had alcohol and drug issues. Kevin Mitchell, not really. The Mets traded Kevin Mitchell because they were afraid he would be a bad influence on Daryl Strawberry. Good Lord. Yeah, well, maybe they liked what the what all that stuff did to him. You I haven't know? told like, you the story Daryl about... couldn't function without that stuff, maybe. Did I, I ever tell you the story about Keith Hernandez and Daryl Strawberry and uh, how he threw Doc under the bus? No. Okay, so uh, 86 season. Keith Hernandez gets tipped off by a member of the media that Major League Baseball is investigating a young black superstar on the Mets for cocaine use. Mm-hmm. So Keith goes to Daryl. says, Joe Straw, let me, let me talk to you for a minute here. So he says, baseball is looking at a young black superstar on this team as having a, a cocaine problem. You know anything about this? In, in an instant, it's Doc. <laughs> Just gave up Doc like that. <laughs> Now, Doc Gooden was suspended. Come on, bro. Doc Gooden was suspended the 87 season for, for drug use, but Doc was, Daryl was right there with him doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but just that he gave up Doc so lightning fast. Like, didn't even try, didn't play dumb. Didn't, yeah, man, What Doc. year was this? 86. 86. Oh, man. Um, all right, let's get to uh, two. Number two. Well, that should have been number two. I didn't point to you. My bad, Chris. Um, remember I said we had bad news yesterday? With the Texans. We have more bad news? No, we have good news. Oh, thank God. The good news, actually, because uh, there was never really any bad news. 
According to Aaron Wilson, after being offered a job by the Michigan Wolverines as a DB coach, Steven Adagoki, who coaches the safeties for the Texans, will stay put. He is not leaving. So there's good news. Take this job and shove it. <laughs> there we go. Uh, that was a quick one. Here's the next one. Three. Tiger Woods dealing with back spasms at uh, the Riviera Country Club earlier today. His uh, first start in a PGA Tour event this season. Actually played pretty well. The front nine was one under, but was dealing with back spasms in the latter half of his round. Two-putted for bogey to end his first round of play today and finished one over with a 72. He was tied for 56th when his round ended. Uh, so he's got a little bit of work to do because in this tournament, um, the top 50 scores and ties will all make the 36-hole cut and any player that's within 10 strokes of the leader. So Tiger's got a little work to do tomorrow. But, man, <laughs> the guy just can't catch a break. He could set up any cockamamie schedule he wants to throughout the course of a year. If he's going to play once a month or once every two months, I just feel like every time Tiger gets out on the course now, it's always something, and I feel like it's been back spasms uh, the last couple of times that he's tried to give it a go since the car accident. Never in my life have I felt as close to Tiger Woods as I did today. Why is that? When I watched Tiger hit a slice that went way the hell off into the trees, I was like, I could do that. <laughs> hell, I do that. Yeah. Yeah, Tiger. I feel like Tiger Woods today because I can shank one with the best of them. Yeah. And Tiger, well, now he can too. Yeah, he's been doing that a lot more often in the latter years than he used to. There's for, there's no doubt about that. We all kind I of feel like that simpatico. Have never like walked into a Perkins and picked up every every chick working there. But, you know, the slice off to the side, I got the slice. Texter says, Tiger needs those roids. Have you seen Tiger Woods lately since he last played in the Masters last year? The dude is jacked again. He is under. He looks like Tiger of like five, six years ago when he was still training with the damn Navy SEALs and doing all that crazy stuff. Like he is looking good. I think he needs to lay off of bulking up and lean out a little bit. You know, it, when you have back issues, you don't want to bulk because when you're carrying more weight, it's more strain on your back. Yeah, well, so when with you have back swing, issues, you want to you want lean muscle, not bulk muscle. I know, I know, that's been his thing, man. I just he needs a body transformation. He needs to probably drop about fifteen pounds, lean up a little bit. That's gonna do it for hot leads. Uh, coming up next is more trouble brewing for. Former Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. Details emerged earlier today. We will have them for you next at Sports Radio 610's Area 45. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bajani and Creighton. Bajani and Creighton back with you. I'm Sean Bajani. He's Patrick Creighton, Chris Santiago producing. Appreciate you joining us. 
Area 45 on Sports Radio 610. Catch us on Twitch and YouTube if you'd like to be a part of the show. 713-572-4610. 572-4610. So three years ago, next month, Patrick, DW informally number four for the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, faced more than three dozen allegations of sexual misconduct. Most of those cases, they've gone bye-bye. Uh, they've been settled. In one of the lingering cases, though, according to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, Watson might have to testify again. As explained by Brent Schrottenberger of USA Today, a motion to compel further testimony from Watson has been filed. Uh, Florio says, absent a settlement or dismissal, the remaining claims against Watson will go to trial at some point, although he has been suspended 11 games by the NFL for the allegations. The league has not completely ruled out the possibility of further punishment given the evidence that could emerge in the remaining cases and or the eventual verdicts. That is news, my friend. And all I could think today, in my petty nature maybe, um, maybe I'm letting my sports hatred fuel this, but I was like, this is freaking sweet. <laughs> not only, you just mentioned this, I think the other day, for whatever reason we were talking about this, like not only, give props to Nick Casario, you know, for swinging that deal when he did, getting what they got for Deshaun Watson, and maybe a cherry on top. Oh, by the way, you beat their ass, the Cleveland Browns, in the postseason this year. Put up maybe the most points you ever had, and I think in a postseason game in your franchise's history, and now this? Beat the ass. (laughs) Beat the ass. (laughs) Pretty incredible, man. Man, I would imagine that the union will fight that, that they will say he's already been punished for this. This is double jeopardy. Uh, And the league will say, no, we punished him for the other 39 cases, not for these ones because these were not resolved yet. The key is new evidence. Like, it's... It's still holding out like it's there's there's a possibility he could face further punishment if new evidence uh, emerges in this case that very well could go to trial. If you're the Cleveland Browns, are you hoping and begging and praying that somehow, some way the league gives you an exit on this contract? Because if I had taken over as the general manager of that team this year, I would be hoping and praying there was some way I could get out of that ridiculous, fully guaranteed contract. It is the outlier of all football for a guy who was not deserving of it. Now, if I could get rid of that slime bag, I would absolutely ditch him. And I don't know how they could. I mean, There's, it'd almost be crazy to think that they haven't like thought about doing that, about the possibility of that down the road. But the Cleveland Browns got in knowing that these allegations were still coming. And it was like, boom, one or two every single week. And they said, bam, here you go, big cat. You're going to be our franchise quarterback. We're going to make you the highest paid of all time, all guaranteed money. Can't find a sweeter deal in the NFL ever. Here you go. How are you going to get out of that when you willingly entered into it knowing what you did already know about Deshaun Watson? So a lot of teams now put language in the contract that says 
you know, if you are suspended by the league uh, for X, Y, or Z, if you have multiple suspensions, like there's there's clauses in there that if you F up too many times, it voids your deal. There's things, you know, we've seen guys who, you know, if, if you get suspended by the league, it voids years on your contract, it voids your bonus. Like th- there have been examples of this before. Yeah. I haven't read his full contract, but I would expect that somebody covered their ass enough that if he got suspended again, they could unguarantee the money. So all the, all these years that are guaranteed, that if he were to be suspended again, that it would turn those guaranteed years into non-guaranteed years and they could get out of it. According to a CBS Sports report um, that was addressing this very question, and important to reference that this was... Uh, published by Cody Benjamin of CBS Sports back in November of 2023. Said the short answer to that question, whether or not the Browns could get out, is not yet. He says, if the Browns were to outright release Watson after 23 per over the cap, they'd instantly lose $136.9 million, roughly 53% of the entire projected 2024 salary cap. That cannot and will not happen. Obviously, it didn't. Uh, even if they were to designate him a post-June 1 cut, the net loss would be $92 million. Uh, barring restructure on Watson's end, which seems unlikely, he writes, considering his representation specifically negotiated a full guaranteed deal that even included workarounds for his 2022 suspension, the soonest the Browns could cut the quarterback without losing tens of millions is 2026, the final year. Of his deal, which means he's going to be playing or have an opportunity to be playing uh, for three more seasons, 2024, 2025, and 2026. All right, so here is, you know, from Bleacher Report on how the contract can void. Uh, the guarantees are voided for NFL suspensions with the following exceptions. Player is suspended for not more than one game for violations of official NFL playing rules. Player is suspended for violation of the official NFL playing rules that in club's sole opinion result from non-egregious conduct. So if he's suspended for at least two games for violating on-field rules or the Browns see a violation that led to a one-game suspension as egregious, they can void his guarantees. That's for on stuff. So where this becomes mm. is, you know, he's he's you know had been called last season for unnecessary roughness. He grabbed the guy's face mask. Uh, he got fined twice. Yeah, um, that's right. That's right. One of them was for a violent gesture, uh, but they didn't. He didn't get the. He he got he got fined, but he didn't get the suspension. But if he were to get suspended. They can get out of that contract. Uh, since reading the way that this goes, of uh, they can be voided if he is suspended with the following exceptions. Well, you know what's not in there? Suspension for being a slime ball off the field. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I saw another report that said if he's he just if he's suspended. For just on any kind of uh, two games for on-field infractions, 
they can get out of that entire, they can get out of all their guarantees. If he's suspended for two games of on? Of on-field infractions. Mm. Mm. Um, I've been looking to see if there is uh, something about, you know, how to, anything that might specifically address the off the field stuff that he's obviously dealt with for the last several years. Yeah. I, I would imagine um, if in fact, and look, there's, I, I would say at this time, it's probably a big if uh, this case that is outstanding, that has not yet been settled, that could go to trial. If in fact there is new evidence that emerges, I would suspect that the Cleveland Browns given maybe the potential for a fall-off, lack of production on the field would probably be more inclined to seek a way to get out from underneath that, especially with the possibility of another suspension or punishment of some type coming down if that amounted to a fine. Because to me, it would come down to, well, what exact evidence is there? that's new that we didn't already know about like what level if it's really egregious if it's something that's just mind-blowing just gonna blow the hair back off your head like whoa yeah you're probably talking suspension okay we got more Mm -hmm. mike florio uh the deal has quote typical club protections and exceptions that allow the deal to be voided if anything happens after the deal is signed where he faced charges was indicted pled no contest to felonies or misdemeanors. So if there is a criminal charge against him, then they can still also get out of the deal. Uh, They're crazy. They don't actually want to get out of the deal, at least not yet. But there's... No, but you got to be thinking about it. There are, you know, if, if he takes a plea deal, he's probably going to get suspended. Or if he just takes a settlement offer, mm-hmm. he's probably going to get suspended again. And then you might see a fight with the Browns and the Union to try to get out of some of those guarantees. That's going to be really interesting. I just think if you're the Browns, you got to be thinking about these things. You can't be caught with the pants down around your ankles and and you make a knee-jerk you know, decision and find out that, you know what, yeah, we could have done this a lot sooner. Um, and look how much money it cost us. I mean, he hasn't played great. Uh, and he's been a loose cannon on the field. He's not been the guy that you once knew, even just as a football player, never mind the person. He's come unhinged. We saw it at least once last season um, on the football field. So if you're the Cleveland Browns, he's not performing the way that you wanted to. He's not playing football games for you. He's injured. He's maybe a loose cannon. He's not the same guy mentally. Maybe he's never going to be the same guy physically. All of those questions... Nobody knows them. Nobody knows him better than they do right now in the state that he even arrived to them as. They have to be exploring all options right now, even if it is a year or two years down the road for them. Now, on the uh, Twitch feed, uh, Dr. Dre on 290 said, Hey, it can't be double jeopardy. It's not the U.S. government, it's the NFL. Keep in mind, there is a collective bargaining agreement. And if you go back to the Ray Rice case where the NFL suspended Ray Rice for two games because they were basically, you know, hiding the evidence. They didn't want 
it to get out with the video of what they saw. Mm-hmm. But then when the video did get out and the whole world saw Ray Rice knock his wife out in an elevator, they then tried to come back and say, okay, now we got to tack on eight more games. And the union countered and said, you can't suspend him again. You already suspended him for this. Mm-hmm. And they won. So there is, in the CBA, a protection for players. You can't be su- suspended multiple times for the same infraction. Yeah, but this only, wouldn't be the same infraction. It depends on you know how well your, your attorneys are arguing this in front of an arbitrator of, hey, this is something that has been going on since before the Browns acquired him. They knew this was there. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you know, they... Assumption of the risk, mm-hmm. legal term. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so assumption of the risk. Hey, you knew it was there. Your guy didn't settle it. it now it's his problem. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the NFL. You know, do you go back to, to the league? Look, there was an assu- you. You kind of included everything in it. This was already pending. It should have been a blanket. I mean, you suspended for you know the first what seven games, eight games. It should have been a blanket suspension. Well, it was an eleven game suspension that he'd got. So. I, it's, I, it's, I think it's something that they would challenge. Yeah. Remember, Win, he lose, came back. I don't know. But his, his first game back was against yeah. the Texans. Yeah, and they won, unfortunately. <laughs> but, again, the, the caveat here to me, it would make it very simple, cut and dry, is uh, there would he would be in line for new punishment if, in fact, there was new evidence, even though um, the original suspension was handed down, knowing that there was a possibility that this particular case would be ongoing. The fact that there may be new evidence that emerges in the case. That's the kicker. If there is, then there's going to be a bigger discussion. If there isn't, then I would never, I would not guess that there would be uh, further punishment on Deshaun's behalf. It would just be more legal trouble and money uh, at his expense. There's not a lot of players that I want to see get struck by lightning. Deshaun is one of them. Good Lord. Trevor Bauer is another. <laughs> Mike Fires is a third. I would not mind seeing those guys get struck by lightning. Watson. Bauer fires. Book it. He's Patrick Creighton, Sean Bajani, Area 45. Uh, Words to the wise, do not ever, ever cross one Patrick Creighton and get on his bad side, man. He Struck will have by it lightning. He will burn you at the stake, dude. <laughs> We're going to roll into the final hour of the program. Coming up next, did the Rockets miss an opportunity to fix a problem ahead of the trade deadline? We'll address that and let you hear from the man, Ime Yudoka, next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 